0: listeners we're happy you're here welcome to exploring education our focus is to provide our community at large with tips tricks and best practices for education both at school and at home subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with what's happening and what we're thinking about We have Christine Campisi, our book-loving librarian at Washington. She's also a mom of a fifth and second grader. Christine is one of our most beloved staff members. She puts books into the hands of our readers and helps them expand their horizons. Christine, welcome. Oh, hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy you're here. I love talking to you. Um, So we're going to focus our conversation today on talking about where do we go from Wimpy Kid? And different series that we can share out with parents and families and kids to get them to stay within a genre that's comfortable for them, but also explore new books. So we'd love to hear what you have to say. Awesome. Um so one of the things that I see
1: most often when I'm in the library is that you know kids come in week after week day after day time after time and they basically check out the same book over and over and over again and and that book probably is from the same series like a lot of times it's you know if somebody likes wimpy kid they're always going to check out wimpy kid or if somebody likes dog man they're always going to go for dog man and they never really take the time to branch out and so i started to think you know more about this and and why kids don't branch out And I think, as you know, um, it's not always bad to read the same book over and over again, right? Because kids become comfortable with a set of characters. And we know that um, sometimes reading a book is good for children to read multiple times. It helps build their fluency and their comprehension, and it really helps them build confidence as a reader. But by the time I see some of my fourth and fifth graders come in and they're still getting that same, you know, Captain Underpants, same wimpy kid, I have to think, you know, what what motivates them to sort of stay there and not branch out? And I think that um, one of the things that kids have a hard time deciphering is really what is the genre that they like? And so if I step back and I look at the book Diary of a Wimpy Kid, which, by the way, is so popular it's reached millions and millions and millions of readers that probably previously were unenthusiastic or reluctant readers why did this book become such a success and what what draws people to it and i think well the number one thing is it's funny Mm -hmm. right the genre then is humor and the other thing is, is that it's realistic because it's talking about a boy in middle school and sort of the shenanigans that go on there, and some of the ways that you know he talks about it hard to ha- have it being hard to navigate middle school. So that makes it realistic. And so I think when a child comes in and you know gravitates to Wimpy Kid, what they're really saying to me is that they love you know realistic fiction, but that they want it to be humorous. And so. I've done a lot of research and over the couple of years that I've been at Washington anytime the PTA obviously gives me money one of the things is I want to just so, sort of beef up, beef up our collection and I put a lot of thought into the different series that I choose choose to put in the library and I I wanted to to find series that were very much like Wimpy Kid because I I want the kids to to maybe start with Wimpy Kid but I want them to sort of progress into something else and try to broaden their horizons and so I've come up with several titles that are like Diary of a Wimpy Kid um I can list them here I also know that um, you had talked about including them I think in the weekly e-blast that goes out so that way if parents are looking for um you know a new series to try this summer you know, check out a couple of these series and, um, see if they are good fits.
0: Um, yeah, we're going to, um, listeners, if you are uh, curious, we're going to make sure that we have a handout in our, uh, communication to parents in our weekly Washington e-blast this week. So make sure that you check that out. Um, Christine, I really want to hear your different series that you, that you've put together. It kind of reminds me of, you know, as we talk to our friends, like we all know what kind of genre or category of food that we like right when we're talking about going to a new restaurant so if you like Italian food try this new restaurant that just opened or even like when I'm watching tv uh if I like a certain genre of tv show Netflix has also down there below like you might also like right so just kind of thinking about branching out is important so that we can expand our kids as readers so I,
1: I agree with that. The branching out part, I spend many hours, you know, searching on book websites and Instagram and even Amazon and Amazon is so great. I mean, the the time that they've put into sort of suggesting other titles or cataloging things, it's pretty easy for you to go on there, you know, and you type in the book that you want and you can even type in books that are similar to Wimpy Kid and then you can read the synopsis and see if it's a good fit. Um, it's actually one of my hobbies, <laughs> sitting on Amazon. I love. It's like the world's biggest book database, and so yeah. it's just like the possibilities are endless. And it's so great, you know, that you can like click on it, and it can show you the first couple of pages, and you yeah. can see like, oh, are there, you know, are the illustrations the same as Wimpy Kid? Is this gonna grab my kid's attention, or it's just just all text? And this is one, you know, that he's he or she isn't ready for yet. So I think it's a great way to. Browse a book before you make that final decision. So um, a couple of the ones that I would recommend like right off the bat uh, is a series called Riot Brothers. Um, It's about two brothers that get into mischief and look for hidden treasure. Um, Very similar in the way that, you know, Wimpy Kid is a storyline about he and his brother and all the issues that they sort of get into at home and things like that. Um Wedgie and Gizmo I got last year with our PTA um, book money and it's about a um, a little dog and um, and he is a nemesis guinea pig so it obviously fits into the humor genre uh-huh. um, and it follows all of their little sh- shenanigans that they do. Jake the Fake is a great one that's very comparable to Diary of a Wimpy Kid and there's a couple in each of these there's several books. These aren't just, you know, they're they're the beginning of a series. They're definitely um uh you know, once you start one, you can move on and read several books along the same the same theme there. Funny Kid is a great one. Um definitely has the bathroom humor that Wimpy Kid has that all the kids love. You know um that, that's for sure. <laughs> you do. I think that's the thing that they love so much is just Um, we talk about what was I going to say I was just reading something about how humor really is so important for children in a book it's Mm -hmm. the thing that sort of hooks them Mm -hmm. and it keeps them coming back for more so it really sustains reading Um, you know where other books I think uh, kids might lose interest but they will always come back to something funny and I know parents they'll always come back to to bathroom humor. I, it's just the age. It's something that they think is hilarious. So I I never discourage that. <laughs> I mean, my goal is to get people reading.
0: So if that's what it takes, I'm on board. Well, I, I don't think that you should. And I, I, and I think that that's a really important goal. You know, whatever it takes to get kids reading, whatever right. it takes to get them to turn from perhaps thinking that reading isn't something that's cool or it's a non-preferred activity Right. Switching over to, I'm gonna read today, and I'm not gonna read because some lady or some man told me I have to read for 20 minutes. I'm gonna right. read because I get something out of this for myself. So if yes. we can get kids to, you know, move into that realm, then I think we have won.
1: Oh, I agree. I totally agree. um That's the thing to me also that I think is interesting is every time we get new books in the library, and especially these new series, these might be series that kids have never heard of before, but I always do like a little, you know, um, a little talk and a little show and tell. And when I tell the kids, hey, this book like last, um, and the last book shipment I got was called Marty Pants. And I said, oh, this book is very much like Wimpy Kid. You know, it's got the little guy and he gets into all of the middle school shenanigans. And that book just flew out the door. And the book basket was empty because I think if you can show the kids like, okay, I, I see you as a reader. Mm-hmm. I know you're saying to me that your genre is humor and I am gonna help you find something similar. So that way, yeah, you don't have to keep reading the same wimpy kid over and over and over again. Let's take that theme, let's take that genre and let's move into um, something new. A couple other new ones that I just ordered, and that's another thing is about, I try to recommend books that I have in our library. And so that way, um, even though right now that maybe the kids aren't coming into the library and say the parents order a couple of these books off Amazon and they can get started, you know, reading over the summer, then when they come back in the fall uh, or whenever, then they can just pick up, the next book is there, it's ready to go and, I, I always like getting some new things because we know that new is exciting, right? Kids wanna have what's the latest or what's the newest or it creates a buzz that, you know, I think if we even took an old book and wrapped it up and said it was new, they'd be like, yes, it's the newest book. Um, You just kind of have to create the hype around it, you know, to get them to buy in. So some of the new ones that I ordered um, for this upcoming year is a seri- series called Awesome Dog 5000, um, and Ben Braver looks really good. It kind of looks, um, like Wimpy Kid, but like, action-based. He looks like he's, like, taking on the superhero role. And, um, yeah. yes, action books are, have a huge following as well in our library. And also history. History is a big one that kids tend to like. And they've made so many cool um, books about history that are like modern looking and sounding and fun. And so we can talk about those two in another session. And, and the last two I would recommend are Little Lies and then The Terrible Two by Mac Barnett. And so The Terrible Two was actually a book on our battle of the books list this year. There are four in the series and kids love them. They're funny and um I think it's a good one good series to sort of keep reading because I know when the kids are reading for Battle of the Books, they really enjoyed that
0: one quite a bit. Um I think that just, just even making that connection to the Battle of the Books because so many of our kids are reading the same books. That's another way that we can increase that social kind of happening around books, right? Like so yeah. One of my friends is reading this series and yes. it's going to make me want to read that series because I want to connect with my friends. And I think that's predominantly why kids will always come in and choose dog man
1: and wimpy kid because their friends are choosing it too. And it's not maybe even so much that they like it. It's just like, Oh, well my friend did it. So if he likes it, I'm going to like it. But I think that, you know, if we can sort of fill our library and our lives with other books you know, that are still within the same genre, it won't be like, let's just read that one. Let's diversify and let's have, you know, a good five or six books that are humorous and about antics and silliness in middle school or whatever. And then that way the kids don't always have to go to the same one over and over and over again.
0: little bit about some series that kind of appeal to some of our girl readers. I know that you've shared a lot of series that are boys who gravitate towards that realistic fiction humorous genre kind of go towards, but let's talk a little bit about some of the series that um, might differ than some of the series that most of our girls generally gravitate towards. Sure.
1: So the same thing when I see, you know, boys come in and always run over to the dog man and the wimpy kid, I usually always see the girls come in and they're looking through the babysitter's club graphic novel bin, or they're trying to get to the smiles, the sisters, the drama, the ghosts. And uh, it's week after week, it's time after time. And I think to myself, what makes those books so appealing? You know, like we said before, if the boys are looking into like humor, and um, realistic fiction. I think also that that the books like Babysitter's Club, they're definitely realistic fiction. But one of the things I think that they, why they appeal so much to girls is that they're books about friendship, they're books about um, things going on in everyday life, or also navigating um things that go on at school very much like wimpy kid right he's learning his way learning the ropes at middle school i think a lot of times at the babysitter's club and um the smile and sisters these are all about you know different relationships that girls have with their peers and things that go on at school and maybe like boys and things like that and so i think that's why girls connect with these books and i feel like um, there are several other series that are comparable to those. Um, I have uh, a lot of them already in our library, and I think that um, I'll highlight a couple here, but I think that our, um, our students or our listeners even will recognize a lot of them. Um, Real Friends by Shannon Hale is a series that um, is very similar to Babysitter's Club. The Sunny series and also Emmy and Friends by Terry Lieberson. All of those are in our Washington library and um, are very popular. Um, one of the things I think is funny is that the Babysitter's Club graphic novels has a spinoff called The Babysitter's Little Sister um, because you and I know that, you know, what <laughs> what's better than a spinoff of an already popular book?
0: Absolutely. They're going to keep making money. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And you know what? It keeps readers interested. Like we talk about, they want the new, they want, you know, whatever their friend has. And so um, this is a series that uh, I guess delves into one of the babysitters, little sister, And um, the first one I have, I was able to get it with the book fair money that came from the PTA this year. And then I just ordered the second one. So it's a newer series. It's just starting out. Um, One of the things I know that we've talked about is kind of the Babysitter's Club and the Smiles and Sisters and Guts kind of tend to be for a little bit more of a mature audience. These stories talk about things that, you know, happen in middle school, and I know that um, these books aren't universally for all grade levels at our school. Great for fourth and fifth grade, right? Great for kids that have, you know, already maybe been exposed to some of those more mature storylines. But then we, you know, we have our kids that are second, third grade. They want to grab that graphic novel because they see all their friends grabbing it. Right. And so. How can we find a series that's comparable to that, but for you know our younger uh, audience? And so, one I got last year that I really enjoy, and that was pretty popular. The kids really responded to it well. Was called Phoebe and Her Unicorn, um, and that's about a little nine-year-old girl. So that's good. I think that it, you know, it still gives that graphic novel feel. It still has you know a girl and her unicorn on the cover, and um, basically the girl saves the unicorn and. Uh, the the unicorn, she makes a wish that her unicorn's gonna be her best friend. And so they go do all these great, they go ice skating and they go camping. And so they go bowling. And so each book kind of talks about their adventures together. And then another graphic novel that's recommended for younger readers is called Code Seven, Cracking the Code for an Epic Life. And again, this is about a, a, a group of elementary school aged girls. Um, And they become friends and they go out and chase their dreams and they actually do good for the community. So I like those storylines are definitely, you know, not, not too mature, not exposing them to, you know, things that maybe parents aren't ready to explain, which I totally get that. I mean, I've, I've got a second grader, almost third grader that, you know, I still want to know that
0: what she's reading
1: and that it's appropriate.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things where it might look like I think that's an, that's kind of something that's interesting about graphic novels. Yes. And that parents, if you, at first glance, you might just think, oh, it's a comic book, or you know, if you don't know too much about that genre, you might assume that it. A parents might assume that it's low readability, which it's, right. oftentimes they are not. But then the themes and ideas within them, we oh, can't yes. assume that just because it's presented in that kind of graphic novel graphic novel comic book format, that doesn't necessarily mean that the themes and ideas within that book aren't pretty mature.
1: Yes, I agree with that 100%. They do tend to be even more mature than a traditional text. And so um, I think that if the cover looks cute, and you're like, oh, it's about friends, it might be good to peruse it. And and again, why Amazon is so great, right? You can go read the synopsis. You can, you know, look at a couple pages um, and you can really check into it before you just buy it because it, the cover looks cute because I, I have been duped many a time. You know, it's, then you have the book and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, one other series that I think would fit good at this age level is called Click by Kayla Miller. And I just ordered that one to be there in the fall. Um, and it's about uh, girls in fifth grade. So at least I know like when we're talking elementary school, it's not like we've hit the you know, the middle school, the YA level. So that's why I think Click is probably a good one for our second and our third graders. Um, and then I just listed a couple other graphic novels that um, that I think would resonate with um, our girls. One is called Awkward. One's called Be Prepared, which sounds hilarious. It's about a girl and her brother that go away to a summer camp and they're struggling with li- having to live primitively and uh, snobby tent mates and boy versus girls competitions. And the front cover of it is hilarious. Um, And then the last one is stargazing, which sounds really cool. And I like that this one highlights Chinese Americans um, as the main characters, which I think is great. And we're starting to see so many more books um, highlighting different cultures um, and doing it in a way that's so appropriate for kids and um, accessible. And so this one's about a girl that moves um, uh, next door to a Chinese American little girl, and they're unlikely best friends, but they do become best friends. I think that that's kind of cool to experience a different culture. And just, you know, it's not like reading from a nonfiction book about, you know, someone's culture. It's sort of just getting a deeper understanding of it based on a graphic novel.
0: Wow, Christine. I mean, you said some really great things today. I wanna to talk a little bit about something that you said that I don't even know if you realize how powerful this statement was. You said, I see you as a reader. And that is something wow. that um, I think it's really important for all of the adults you know, in the lives of readers to be thinking about because we wanna see them as readers and we wanna let the kids know like, hey, I know what you're into and let me show you something else that you might like. So just kind of even thinking about that, you know, with our listening population of parents and other educators, you know, that makes me really think deeply, just that statement, like, am I seeing my kids as readers and do they know that I know what they like? Yeah, it's
1: interesting and I think this a lot of times, um, I know that we have like a huge campus and I see 820 some kids, But I know my kids, and I'm not saying that like in a bragging way, but I know my kids who love their history books or I know my kids that want the mysteries and I've got my action friends and I've got my humor friends. And so I think that A, it's amazing. They have been able to find their genre, right? And they know what makes them tick and they can have this conversation and rapport with me. They can be like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh, I got this great book and I know you'll like it. and I think my goal is to like, I want to get to every single kid. You know, I wanna, I wanna know that so and so, you know, likes poetry or this or that. And I think, um, and you know, because you see a lot of kids, they they get under your skin and you can just remember facts about them. But I love that when the child them when the child sees themselves as a reader, you know, and they come in and they're like, Hey, do you have this book? You know I saw my friend had this book or do you have a? Uh, do you have books on spiders because they are like hey I can I know what I want I can ask for it I can go and find it I can check it out and they're sort of navigating that world all on their own um but like we're kind of guiding them right Absolutely. and maybe they don't know that their genre is humor I, or you know whatever it is, but I'll say to them, well you know, well what do you like? Well what are you interested in? Or you know blah blah blah, and then we can start the conversation about the that and kind of help help them find their way or their path. You know, you
0: know like you just said start the conversation. It is a conversation and it's an ongoing dialogue with kids, and we have to give them the time and space. An opportunity yeah. to find out who they are, right, and and explore different elements of their reading lives. I talk with kids a lot about, you know, your reading life, and some kids are like, "What does she, what does she mean?" Right, but the the really engaged readers, when I say, "Oh, well, tell me, okay, let's talk about what you're reading," and then I say, "Well," and then we're, we're going to talk about that, and then I say, "Okay, well, what are you going to read next?" those really engaged readers, they have a plan. They're they're always thinking forward about, well, when I've done this book, I'm gonna, yeah. you know, maybe stay with the series or I might try something else. So just having those conversations with our kids about their plans as readers and their reading lives, um, you know, it's important. So Yeah, and
1: I think one of the other things is, and I don't want um, parents to think that like, if a kid comes in two weeks in a row and tries to grab a wimpy kid book, am I gonna stop them? No, I'm not gonna stop them, you know? Because again, we know that in order for kids to gain the confidence to really try out their reading land legs, they need to, to be comfortable with the text first, right? And maybe they want to reread that same book a couple times until they feel confident enough to be like okay maybe i'm ready to branch out you know maybe i'm ready to try something new um obviously if i see a kid come in you know six months of school and they're getting the same one i'm like hey friend let's you and me like talk and let's see if we can sure. find something else that's very similar we're ve- it'll be very close
0: and let's just give it a try you know yeah so I, and I think part of that too is just that conversation going back to that is it, it, going to help to lower the effective filter for those kids and allow them to try something new, but know that you're going to be there to guide them and support them along the way. So Yeah. Um, well, Christine, I know that this is many of the planned conversations that we have. I'm really yes. excited about your your, you know, your input in into our podcast and for parents and listeners, we are going to have a few more to um, help whet your appetites and your child's appetite for different types of books to try out. Um, we hope that you can access our handout in our parent e-blast this week and you take a look at the series that christine has laid out and perhaps they might be something that your child might want to try um christine i cannot thank you enough for your time today it's always wonderful to talk to you i miss seeing you every day I I see
1: you too. and the other thing i want to say to parents is um if you want to shoot me an email um it's ccampizzi at rbusg.org A lot of times I have parents say to me like, my kid really likes this. Do you have any suggestions? I'm always here um, and open because I love nothing more than talking books and I research books. And so I try to stay as current as I can be. So reach out, I'm here, use me. And um, I will try to get your kid that perfect book, get it in their hands so they can start reading.
0: Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Sarah. for more resources? We encourage you to visit our website at washington.rbusd.org and click on the program's link. If you select literacy interventions, you can have access to Mrs. McMaster's content and newsletters, as well as presentations from literacy events. If you're looking for school closure resources, we encourage you to visit our website as well and click on the 2020 school closure link right on the homepage. We have links there that might be helpful for parents. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Washington Explorers.